Bob Barker presents Plinko, the Pinball Machine. Games are very arbitrary. Six points for a touchdown. Pass go and collect $200. Drop ecstasy and devour some ghosts. Three strikes and you're the proud owner of a turkey. Three strikes and you're also out, by the way. No, seriously, get out. Leave your turkey here, and your gun and your badge. You're a loose cannon, McNulty, you're off the case. Once you understand that getting the ball into the end zone gets you points, or that consuming the souls of others extends your own life, or that Baltic Avenue is a piece of shit, though, you don't really think about the arbitrariness of the game you're playing. That's what makes learning new games so enjoyable. Trying to make sense of all the bizarre rules and how they work together is half the fun. All this is to say... Pinball. How's that for arbitrary? Pinball is extremely arbitrary. Pull a plunger to shoot a ball up a ramp, then flip some flippers to prevent the ball from going back to where it just came from. Repeat this three times. Or four times if you get an extra ball. Or five times if it's the 1970s. Repeat until you lose. And you will lose. Pinball. Delaying the inevitable. Throwing a ball through a hoop, or capturing an opponent's king, or arranging pieces in lines until they disappear all make some sort of vague sense. The goals are clear. Pinball's goal is to get a high score, but three billion points? How the hell do you do that? Shouldn't there be a princess to rescue or an opposing team to beat? What's the end game here? Is there a kill screen coming up? No? Just more balls? Balls. Modern pinball came into being in 1947. Prior to that, there were tables with pins on them and balls which bounced around the pins in the table, but you had no control over the balls. From the late 1700s to 1947, pinball was basically Plinko from The Price is Right, which was fine because The Price is Right wasn't on the air in 1760, although it seems like it has been on that long. In 1947, though, pinball as we know it was born. Ish. Humpty Dumpty was the name of the game, and it had three sets of flippers on the playfield. Flippers that you controlled via buttons on the sides of the machine to manipulate the ball. No longer were you just watching balls fall where they may, now you could actually interact with the machine that you were feeding your hard-earned nickels. And just like that, pinball transformed from a game of random chance into one of random skill. Pinball became increasingly complex in the decades that followed. Playfields were tilted at a higher angle for greater speed. Screens were added to further complicate scoring. More balls were added for multi-ball ball modes. Balls, balls, balls. Over time, pinball manufacturers settled on some pinball fundamentals. Every pinball machine was different, but there were certain things you could rely on. A pair of flippers at the bottom of a playfield controlled by a pair of buttons became standard. A plunger to shoot the ball into play was on the right side of the machine. Beating the high score would get you a free game. Beating the high score would also get you not laid. Unless you were the Fonz. That was the baseline. Some machines would have extra flippers, others would have two plungers. Sometimes the plunger would just be a button. Sometimes the plunger would be made to look like a gear shifter. Other times it would be made to look like a circuit breaker switch if you were playing the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein machine at the Highway Drive-In Theater in Coxsackie, New York. Pinball reached peak complexity in the late 1990s. At that point, arcades were dying, having been outflanked by home video game systems. 
Along with the death of the arcade came the death of pinball. There were some video game pinball hybrids toward the end there, but pinball was on life support, a victim of cheaper, easier-to-understand, easier-to-maintain video games. This wasn't the first time pinball's extinction was threatened. From the 1940s to the mid-1970s, pinball was actually outlawed in most of America's big cities. New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, all ballless. The reason? Pinball was a game of chance, not skill, and therefore it was a form of gambling. The ban was lifted in 1976 when a gentleman by the name of Roger Sharp brought two pinball machines to a New York City courtroom and testified by playing the machines. He demonstrated that they were in fact games of skill, which sounds like something out of the climax of a really weird John Grisham novel, but is a thing that actually happened. Pinball lives on today in much the same way it did during those pinball prohibition years. With arcades nearly extinct, pinball machines today are mostly found in dark corners and bars. This makes a lot of sense, considering pinball is one, popular with old people, and two, confusing as fuck. With its obscure rules and unforgiving play, it's not a very friendly game. Particularly if you've been raised on iPhone games where you can just pay $5.99 for some gems or whatever to win automatically. Children are the future, though, and if pinball is going to live on, it needs to cater to them. Fortunately, the pinball machines of today are being made with more modern sensibilities. Big, full-color screens with easier-to-understand rules and more forgiving play. And maybe some gems or whatever. It's been around for the better part of a century, but hopefully pinball's greatest days are still ahead. Someday it's three balls and you're done, arbitrary gameplay might be right up there with catch a mouse with an unreliable trap, or slingshot some birds at pigs that are sitting on scaffolding. One can only hope.